Michigan Soccer Central. Hello, listener. You've once again found the latest episode of Michigan Soccer Central, your source for all things uh, soccer here in the Great Lake State. I'm your host, Robert Kerr, as always, here on the so- Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Congratulations to all those teams, coaches, and players in Michigan high school soccer who got kicked off with their first action of the fall season here over the last week. This week's episode uh, is player-centric. We got two great conversations with very exciting young players from the Metro Detroit area. First up, we announced his uh, next opportunity. A couple weeks ago, we read the press release about an opportunity to go play at Everton Football College. Uh, Let me welcome Kellen Clegg. Welcome to Michigan Soccer Central. Thank you for having me. Uh, Kellen was a four-year varsity player. Uh, Livonia Franklin just graduated this year. Congratulations on that. And um, tell us about uh, Everton Football College and and what what you're stepping into. Actually, first of all, when do you leave? And then tell us about the opportunity. Yeah, so I'm leaving around September 1st. We're aiming anytime before September 15th. And the opportunity with Everton is I'm, I'll be there four years studying, uh, well, soccer sciences, so sports science. And, well, I'll be there for four years. I'll be training in Premier League Two. And the whole, like, pretty much the whole thing is just preparing me to step on the field with the first team. That's their goal. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what Everton College is. So is that, is that a new program? Because to me, because there's the age-old debate of like Europe versus America, college system, you get an education. So you're going overseas and getting education. Is this a, a new program? Yeah, so pretty much I'll be stepping in playing for Everton Football College with the academy. Uh, and then I'll also be going to school with some of my teammates. Oh, awesome. Well, from over here? Yeah, there'll be some from over here and other uh, – international countries oh fantastic so um in this program you split your time between academic studies while also training um from what i read on the the press release you're going to be in the everton uh facilities and you're going to be like right right in the mix with the, the the first team is that correct but you're also taking like during the day you're going to university stuff yeah essentially Oh, that's fantastic. So how did how did this all come about? When did you know that this was going to be your post-high school move? Um, well, I first got uh, got in contact, contact with Everton six months ago around December. And as a child, the dream is always to go play, you know, anywhere professionally. And instead of playing, you know, we won D2 over here in the United States for four or five months, uh, hearing that I'll be playing for nine to ten, um, entering multiple, like, tournaments into like international scrimmages just playing like in the premier league like premier league academy league is like you know that it's a level that you can't just pass up and so once i like got in talks with the coaches and hearing everything about the program i just knew that this is something i have to do and that is something that i've wanted to do my whole life and so i see there's the u23 so that is that the the direct reserve side then um, I'm not sure. I do believe they do pull some of their players off the U23 as reserves, but I'm, I know it's a separate roster as well. 
Oh, okay. So you said that um, you contacted Everton to start off the, 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 the series of events? Uh, no, actually, they reached out to me after a showcase. And so, I, I guess, tell me, what, what was it, uh, a local, like, uh, after high school, or was it after, like, the makeshift spring season, or how did that whole uh, showcase play out? Um, so, the showcase was actually, when I was talking to Coach, he said that they saw me in Las Vegas about two and a, two, two and a half years ago, and they've just been keeping notes on me ever since, and then they finally reached out to me in December. So, it was they saw me before this whole COVID pandemic happened, and then I guess they decided to reach out in December. Wow, that's incredible. That That's really wild. Um, I'm a, a number of years older than you, and uh, the, just the fact that there is uh, so many uh, eyeballs from, from pro clubs just in general amongst like the, 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 the club and high school scene, but the fact that the, the density of the overseas clubs uh, – we spoke with a young man, I believe from Livonia as well, who was uh, going to train at Macclesfield, and then um, and then with this opportunity that you're speaking about, it seems like there's there's an ever growing amount of ways to, to get to get seen and uh, ways to, to to find yourself on uh, a professional uh, setup. Yeah, I 100 percent believe like believe in what you just said. I think having uh, multiple like Americans starting to, you know pop out and like, you know, Premier League, you know, like our men's National League players are starting to get into like BBB Dortmund, Chelsea, all that. I think that's really helping like some of those like international teams like realize, okay, so the United States do have players. And then that's kind of like, that's how I think of it. It's just like, it's a help when like you got players like McKinney and Christian Pulisic, you know, opening the eyes to international teams. Yeah, I, I guess once once they see one, there might be ability to uh, recreate that, or the, 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 there's water in the well, so to speak. So, um, what kind of player are you? Um, well, I played. I'll just start. Most of my life, I played defense, but about five years ago, I got moved into winger, and that's because I'm aggressive. I like to be on the ball. I like to create a lot of uh, opportunities. Um, I've been told all my life by coaches that I'm just a playmaker. Um, I can say myself, I'm not a natural-born like, goal scorer. I ended, I know I ended last season in high school with about 23 assists, so I think the role that fits me is a playmaker. So you, uh, so you really love uh, the adding that, that that final pass that unlocks the whole defense, then, eh? Yeah, I love I love being either the player that starts it and or the player that's you know right next to the goal. And so you went from a, a defender as a very young player, and then so around high school age is when you made that transition to winger. Then, yeah. Okay. So, so what is the the so what's the part of the game that you enjoy the most, and what has driven you to like this success uh, that you've had so so far? You think? Um, I just love being on the ball, like all day, every day. When I have time, I'm, I love getting touches in on the ball. Um, I think that's like one of my greatest aspects in the game as well as I love getting into spaces, getting that ball on my foot and then moving it. Like I just, I don't know what it is. It's just something about like being on top of that ball is just, I think that's what drives my success. You've got a love for the ball, eh? Uh, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> so is that, uh, so it's your love for the ball. Do you think that that's what, uh, 
has gotten used to this point or was there some college I mean, coaching or well, I guess what was the aha moment when you knew this? Because you said earlier that you'd always kind of had the, the dream to, 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 to go pro. Um, I guess when did that become uh, like serious and that, that's something you think that, you, that was within your grasp? Um, I think I first realized it was something within my grasp my freshman year. Um, you know, making varsity as a freshman – and only being 4'11 and 93 pounds was something. And also starting and never coming off the field was something that was really eye-opening and kind of always had in the back of my mind, like, if you're doing this right now, you can do even larger things in the future. Um, so I think that realization kind of is what drove me all throughout high school. And I, it de- I know it definitely helped me uh, mentally because I saw an increase of me spending time out, you know, just training by myself every single day. Um, if I had high school trainings, I'd be there 30, 45 minutes early, just getting extra touches in. So I think that's like what really uh, set in my mind that I, you know, I could make an impact. Uh, when was that when you were adding the, the extra time to your uh, training during high school? It was I'd either show up right before uh, about 30, 45 minutes or if football was on the field because they always, uh, you know, they always were there. Uh, I'd be doing it after. All right, so uh, high school uh, boys in the fall, and then did I see that you played club with the Jaguars? Um, no, well, yeah, so I started out, uh, I went Waza to Jags and then into Wolves, but I ended my, uh, you know, I ended my club with uh, Legends FC out of Brighton. Oh, okay, so, so was that almost like kind of, uh, was that winter, spring with the, the, the different clubs then? Yeah, so after high school, uh, it was the winter and spring season. And so so you got a, a variety of different kind of uh, trainings and uh, different coaches and a lot of input, but you, you really had the love for the ball. You kind of propelled yourself and you put in the extra work and, and kind of eventually got you noticed while you were a senior, huh? Yeah, I, I would say so. And so uh, one thing I, I like to ask uh, passionate soccer people, what is your uh, dream goal, something you've seen or something you've scored yourself? My dream goal, um, I'd have to say my dream goal was, man, that's a great question. I think my dream goal was in State state Cup uh, when I was in U14, when I was playing for the Jags, we were in the State Cup uh quarterfinals and I just hit a just a volley outside the 18 and it, it was just it was just beautiful it went upper upper right corner I still see it in the back of my head today so it's just really memorable definitely one of my like favorite goals of when I was playing in uh in club season that sounds awesome I can hear you're smiling just talking about that goal aren't you <laughs> yeah it's a it's a big goal and I I think that goal is something that uh you know, drives me as a forward now is to just get another one of those type of goals. They're awesome. <laughs> it just popped right off your foot into the top corner. Yeah, it came off. Uh, it came off a corner, a defensive clearance with the. Uh, I think I believe it was their center back's head, and I just before it even hit the ground, it was just a volley. That's awesome. That's awesome. More to uh, current events, though. So. You have to be there by September 15th. Are you going to move into a dorm or they got you setting up an apartment and you got to find it yourself or what's that all going to? Yeah. So uh, the goal 
uh, the goal is to get me there by September 15th, but uh, September 21st is when I have to be there by. And they're setting me up in a uh, well, a flat, which is an apartment over there with six other, well, five others of my teammates, six including me. Okay, so it's all set up, so you, you just got to get yourself there? Yep, just got to get myself there and right into training. Have you ever been overseas before? No, this, is my, this will be my first time out of the country. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations. Um, it sounds like you got quite quite an adventure ahead of you, son. I appreciate that. Kellen Clegg heading off to Liverpool, England uh, to attend Everton Football College. All the best to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. episode of Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. We've got another conversation with a young Michigan talent. Our man Brooks Lambeer got to have a great conversation with winger for Oakland University Golden Grizzlies and for the Flint City Bucks, Dylan Borzak. Today, Dylan Borzak joins me on today's podcast. Uh, Dylan, how you doing today, man? Doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so I'm just Kind of just we'll start off just, you know, how did you first really get into soccer growing up? Um, just kind of explain the story, you know, how you got into soccer. So I was about six years old and me and my mom would talk about what sports I wanted to play. And originally I wanted to play football, but I was told I was too small. So um, she signed me up for soccer and uh, yeah. Started at six. And then, you know, obviously you're a little too small for football. Like you said, sign up at six year old to play soccer. Um, you know, was it, you know, club soccer? Was it more street soccer? You know, uh, what type of, you know, was it rec soccer? It was for Dearborn Heights um, kickers. Um, so it was a club team, uh, pretty small team. And uh, I played there for a couple years. And then from the ages from like nine to 12, I played just street uh, soccer with my friends and and then uh, I joined a club called uh, Think Detroit Pal um, mm-hmm. and I played there for a couple years and then yeah then my game started getting better and better. Can you got, kind of describe just kind of street soccer I think people are just kind of unfamiliar with it a little bit at times um, you know because a lot of kids in America grow up playing you know, 11 v 11, you know, they go from rec to then to, to, to club in the 11 v 11, 99 setting, you know, what, what's kind of, um, what's really special about the game of street soccer? My grandfather, uh, he used to make these nets for me, uh, made out of like, uh, I'm not sure, but it's like plastic tubes. And then we made, we made nets and I, behind my house, we had an alley. So like the kids on the block, there'd be probably like, 15 to 20 of us and we would just make like four teams and we would just play in the alley in the street and like I feel like that helped me with most of my skills like in today's time because you know we just we're just playing like free soccer it wasn't no you know refs or anything like that 
you talk about no referees and just enjoying with your friends. I mean, was that really the the most enjoyable part about street soccer? Just, you know, just hanging out with your friends, you know, after school, before school, on the weekends, you know, is that really the enjoyable part? Just having fun, no parental supervision and whatnot? Yeah, we, we would just go out every every single day um, after school and just, we would just play. And uh, I would get like, you know, skills and stuff off YouTube or, and I would just try them when I played and I just ended up you know, practicing every single day on on these skills and eventually just got better at them. You know, obviously looking at YouTube and practicing the skills in small-sided street soccer settings, you know, when you got to the 11v11, 9v9 field, did you find that it really helped you take off as a player, just knowing that you could do all those technical skills? Yeah, um, like I could tell once I got into that setting, like most of the players I was next to weren't as, you know, technical or talented skill-wise. Um, I'm not going to say it's because of the street soccer, like, exactly, but it definitely, I could definitely tell that I was more skillful than, than a lot of players my age. Kind of switching from soccer and just you growing up, you know, I've, I've read some stuff, um, you know, that you've kind of suffered some personal losses kind of growing up. Can you kind of just talk, like, how kind of just rough it was just to kind of go through that, you know, especially at a young age, and then, you know, it's kind of continued a bit on, you know, just can you kind of just describe that? Yeah, so... Um, growing up, it was just um, my sister and, and my mom and I, and uh, we. I'm, I wouldn't say it was rough or anything. I lived like a decent childhood, and then uh, at ten, my dad passed away. Um, we weren't very too. We weren't too close, so it wasn't like the biggest thing for me. It wasn't too life changing. And then uh, at fifteen, my mom passed away, and then that was huge because you know. Obviously, losing a mother is is very hard. And then, um, so I was taken in by my grandparents, who eventually got, like, guardianship over me. And I lived in Detroit. So, I mean, Detroit, obviously, is, is rough. But it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, the setting, like, how it's described on, you know, TV and stuff. Like, I, I would just go out every single day and just play soccer and just go to school and come home. Like, I just lived like a, I would say a normal, lower class childhood. Um, yeah. So after that, um, a couple years passed, and my grandpa passed away from a heart attack. He just one day just, yeah, just just passed away, and then it was just me and my grandma, and we would just get through it. Everything was okay, and I came to Oakland. Um, I moved, I moved on campus, so it was kind of hard because um, I wanted to see her and obviously take care of her. And then uh, she passed away in 2019 during during our season. So, uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty much it. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of these, uh, like, tough times, like, helped me because a lot of kids my age don't ever see that, you know, and – for me to like get through it at a young age, it just made me more mature, I would say. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess with everyone, I mean, I mean, and I've read that you were very close with your grandma and grandpa, um, you know, and she had, a, your grandma had a very big um, influence on your life as well as soccer. Can you kind of talk about, you know, her, her and, you know, um, her influencing you in, in, for in your life in soccer? Yeah. Um, I would say one of the biggest influences she had on me, which she she would always tell me, just like, 
do whatever like makes you happy like don't worry worry about like money too much don't worry about anything like that he said just she was like just do what makes you happy she like it was hard for her to uh like attend a lot of my games and stuff because obviously she she didn't drive so yeah so like I would come home and she would just ask me like how my games went and stuff like that and I feel like just her being there like helped me a lot just like support wise and just yeah telling me to be happy basically so she was your biggest fan then Definitely. You know, playing club soccer, growing up playing a little street soccer. Um, you get to high school. You go to Detroit Western International. You know, can you kind of describe your kind of your high school soccer career? You know, um, just just at Detroit Western International. Um, so my coach, um, Forrest Farmer, uh, great guy. Um, yeah, he did the best he could. Um, we we brought in a bunch of obviously. Um, I was I was one of the only Caucasian kids at, at my school. Um, so it was, it was me and then a bunch of other, um, like Latino kids. And I mean, they're all my good friends. We were all very close. So, I mean, my, my high school, um, wasn't the biggest, but we didn't really have, uh, like a conference and stuff like that, but we would play against pretty decent sized schools. So, I mean, it, I wouldn't say it helped me the most, um, taking my skills to the next level, but it definitely, uh humbled me a lot and in what ways did it humble you well it just it just made me see like there's more talent like in these local these smaller local Detroit areas than people think and a lot of these kids like don't get an opportunity I'm I'm pretty fortunate to get the opportunity that I did but a lot of them don't get the opportunity for school money you know what I'm saying you know, playing at Detroit Western, you know, I mean, you, it sounded like you always had a dream. You wanted to play college soccer, NCAA D1, and, you know, it was just tough to get kind of um, recruited or scouted by college coaches. Um, you know, can, can you kind of describe, you know, that, that process and kind of what you needed to do to, to get yourself out there to be seen? Yeah, so um, I didn't really have, like, too much of a guidance on how to get recruited and, and that such. I thought like coaches would just come to you and I thought it would have been that simple. But as the years went on, I realized that you have to, uh, you have to attend camps. You have to reach out to college coaches. You have to create highlight videos and coming from Detroit, obviously we didn't have as much recognition as other schools. So um, I found myself with like, with no offers out of high school and I had to walk on at Schoolcraft community college. And luckily enough, um, Rick Larson gave me the chance to to play for him, and then eventually that led on for me to uh, get to the national final and get some looks by bigger schools. Was that a bit tough, you know, going the junior junior college route, and then to you know, to, and then eventually to Oakland University? Was that a little was that a little tough to to bite your tongue and take that route instead of going directly to a D one school? Yeah, I mean, I seen the talent, and I knew I knew I could play at that level, but after um, I had no offers out of high school, I just I just really had no other option but to uh, take that route. And uh, Schoolcraft was, luckily enough, an amazing organization at the time, and uh, we we did really well. So I was very fortunate to uh, be able to come to Oakland after that. At Schoolcraft, did. Did, did you feel that you really developed your game even more in in the one you were there, or did you feel like you grew as a person as well? Can you kind of describe your time there? 
Yeah, I uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I was very nervous coming into college. Um, I was nervous more on like the academic side of things. I didn't know like how classes worked and stuff like that. So adjusting to that um, helped me, you know, become more mature in, in that sense and having time management and stuff like that. Um, for the soccer side of it, um, there was a lot of older guys um, really guided me and uh yeah, so like training with them every day, um, realizing like what college soccer is about and just eventually just getting more confident. That's all it really was. And like you said, you I mean you rated to regionals, the nationals for the, you know, JUCO. You know, did you have a lot of um, you know, after that the you know, that two thousand eighteen season, did you have a lot of, you know, college offers? You know, um, were there only a few? Uh, you know, I know obviously Oakland was one of them. Um, you know, how many did you have exactly? I had a few coaches come up and talk to me, a few Division Two coaches and uh, some NAIA teams. But but I would never, like, just say – I would never close my options. I would always just tell them, like, I just wanted to see what else I had in store. And eventually um, I was attended – I attended the Oakland ID camp, and uh, that's when I first came in contact with um, Coach Eric Poe. And then we spoke about, you know, bringing me in. When you ten, attended that ID camp and you talked to Eric, did you did you kind of say, hey, the, this is the fit? Like, this is where I want to be? Um, you know, is that, is that how you felt? Yeah, pretty much. I Like, growing up, like, 40 minutes from Oakland, like, it was always, like, you know, I want to say a dream, but it was always, like, in my mind that I wanted to play for, for Oakland. And... When at the ID camp, when they called me over and they said they're interested, like, like I already made my decision. So I was like, for sure, I'm I'm attending Oakland. You know, jumping from you know JUCO to NCAA D1, you know, did you find it was a huge jump in in talent? You know, just kind of describe just the difference between I guess JUCO and NCAA D1. You know, uh, just soccer. I would say I would say it was a pretty big pretty big jump. Um, I didn't really know what to expect coming from a JUCO and then seeing the level at Division One, But it took me a while. Um, obviously, I, I knew I had the talent to play. Um, I knew that the coaches knew I had talent. But, like, it was more about me just getting confident. Um, once I came in, I, I was a bit shaky. I was a bit nervous. But I was starting majority of my games the first year. Um, I think, like, I don't know, 14 of the 20 matches or something like that. I was starting at the 10. And that was even new to me. Um, playing the, the number 10 role was was uh, new to me, and uh, especially at this level. So it took me a little bit to um, adapt. But once I got more confident and uh, I knew my teammates trusted me, um, things started to get easier. You lacked a little confidence. Was it because maybe you put a lot of weight on your shoulders because you wanted to perform because you were playing at a higher level. Was that maybe why you just lacked a little confidence? Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew I had like a little chip on my shoulder because I was some kid from Detroit that I played at junior college. Like, and these, and these, these guys were playing like high level uh, academy and club soccer their whole life. So I just kind of wanted to prove to them that I was good enough and, yeah, so my confidence was just a bit low. Um, I feel like I was a bit hard on myself, but eventually 
it worked out. You know, in that transition, you know, um, I remember reading that, that your teammates and coaches had a huge role kind of in that, in the journey of when you transitioned to, to Oakland. Um, can you talk about, you know, how they really kind of helped you along the way or how they've helped you along the way? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Coach Eric Pogue and uh, Coach Doro and a lot a lot of the guys, um, when I came, I just felt really comfortable. I just, they're just, everyone was just super nice and they just made me seem like, you know, I was just another one of the teammates. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I was a new guy or anything. So that, that made it easier for me on the fit, on the field and off the field. Um, yeah, then the environment in the locker room and stuff like that was really good. And, uh, I could tell like how serious it was to, uh, to everyone so I just wanted to keep that standard were there certain teammates and any particular coaches that kind of really kind of like helped you guide guide you just in particular over the years at Oakland oh yeah definitely uh coach uh, Eric Polk he he uh took me under his wing he basically just told me like you know if I if you ever need anything you can talk to me you know he just made me real, real comfortable and uh my own shoes and just made me realize like that there's more people that are willing to help you than than you think um and my teammates they're all they're all really nice people uh, all really good guys so can't really point out one of them yeah obviously college soccer is always interesting you know it's it's hard to be consistent the amount of months sometimes you, you know three months four months you play you know all the games crammed in Eric would like it to be more, you know, more consistent, you know, the past couple of years. But I mean, last year was a great year for you guys, um, despite everything that kind of went on. I know it was a little upsetting with with COVID and not being able to play in the Horizon League um, tournament. Because I mean, I'm sure you guys, you know, would have done well there and and then gotten to the NCAA tourney, which was reduced a bit because of COVID. Um, can you kind of just talk about, I guess, last year a bit? I mean, it was it was an interesting year, that's for sure. Just you want to talk about 2020 and, and the 2021 spring season? Coming in, I mean, we knew we had a lot of the returning guys and we didn't really, we didn't lose much. Um, we knew that, we knew that we were good. Um, and a lot of uh, the freshmen and uh, players that didn't really play the year before, they stepped up and they made a big impact on our team. Um, I would say we struggled a bit defensively, but um offensively we were really good we were like top of in the nation for a lot for goals and that such um yeah Dawson Charlie and Noah and I we uh we just I don't even know how to describe it we I mean it kind of surprised me how well we played um we should have we should have won a lot of the games that we drew or lost but um yeah I feel like we're gonna carry on that this year and hopefully we can uh make up for that um the covid situation that happened this this winter playing in the horizon league you know i I think sometimes people underestimate the the talent in smaller conferences um i mean there are good players i mean obviously there's a lot international kids um can you kind of describe the, the talent in the horizon league and you know just kind of um, you know the guys at Oakland just you know that maybe sometimes they're underrated or undervalued a little bit yeah definitely um as you can as you can see over the past couple of years there's been some guys who who've been drafted high in in the in the MLS um 
there's been a few guys who are obviously more talented than others. Um, I feel like the Horizon League has like a bad rep just because there's, I mean, there's some uh, teams in the league that aren't the greatest. But consistently over the past, I don't even know how many years, there's been UIC, Wright State, and us battling for the top three. So those are those are high level college teams. Like they make it to the tournament, they go, they win in the tournament, the NCAA's, and I feel like eventually um, there will be more respect there. In the non-conference schedule, who's who's one of the favorite teams that you like to play? Whether it's Michigan, Michigan State, or Western, or you know, it's a team from you know Ohio or whatnot. Do you have like a specific you know team you always love to play against? Non-conference schedule. I like playing at Michigan State away, um, just because of the atmosphere. The fans are, are a bit wild, but it's it's fun to play in front of them. I also like playing against Michigan. Um, okay. Just a just a local rivalry so it's always fun conference i mean obviously udm's the rival but there's always some great matches between you guys and uic Wright state you know wisconsin milwaukee um you know is there a specific team that you'd love to play against you know um in the horizon league personally i like playing against detroit mercy um there's just something about the game that just makes makes me more excited and uh but other other than them, I like playing against Wright State. I feel like I always have a decent game against them, and uh, it's always a good game. You know, this is your final season at, at Oakland. Um, I mean, I guess kind of looking over the years you've been there, do you have a favorite memory so far of, of either a match or just you know, a moment with the guys that you know really sticks out? I would say my, my personal favorite memory is uh, my first year was uh, – I scored an overtime goal against Detroit with like 40 seconds left in the match. So that was, that was big for me. Um, just because I was, I was new to the team and it, it just, uh, never really experienced an overtime goal before in college. So that was a big one. And then also, um, we had a great team performance against Wright State at their place in 2019. And, uh, I scored the overtime winner in that game as well. And, yeah, that just I just that just showed like our team um and how we can push through certain uh situations. You know, in your final season, what what is your goal for yourself this season? You know, is it to score double digit goals? Is it to get to the, you know, NCAA tourney? You know, what goals do you have for yourself this fall? Yeah, those are definitely some of the biggest goals. I obviously wanna prove myself and and get seen by some uh, by some professional scouts, hopefully. And then I also want to make it to the NCAA tournament because that would be a great experience. And then also I just want to become a better teammate, better better leader um, as I am an older guy on this team. Just amongst you guys as a team, you know, and the, the stuff, maybe the goals the coaching staff have set for you guys, you know, what are your team goals for uh, this fall of 2021? Uh, we just want to piggyback off of what we did this spring. I feel like we had a great um, team culture and that's a big thing we work on is culture we just want everyone to work for each other we don't want anyone um, saying like oh I'm better at this we just want everyone even if you're not playing any minutes or getting the minutes you want um, just support each other and uh, I feel like that will benefit us the most so that was one of the biggest things that we were working on.
you know, after, you know, it's all set and done after Oakland, you know, would you like to continue to play soccer as a professional, as a professional soccer player after your college career? Yeah, it's always been a, a goal of mine was to play professionally. And uh, I mean, it's, it's so close. It's so far away. So I still got to uh, remain, you know, I would say humble for now. And then hopefully uh, my talent can show and then um, other people will see that as well. MLS, overseas, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you play. I mean, is that the, for professional soccer, um, you know, DCFC? I mean, you know, is there a specific league or team you like to eventually play for? <laughs> Obviously, I would like to play at the highest level I possibly could. But um, I'm not going to say I want to play for one specific place. Um, wherever it takes me, I guess. Um, I'm not – I mean, I do it for the love of the sport. so. I'll play professionally uh, for every opportunity I get. Final question, kind of over your college career um, or either, or your, maybe your youth career, just in general, you know, what's, you know, to this two-part question, toughest player you've played against and the best player you've played with? That's a hard one. I honestly, honestly couldn't tell you. I would say on my team would probably be in college is, is Noah Jensen for sure. Mm-hmm. Um Summer teams, I played with a lot of good guys like Giuseppe Broni, Isaiah Parente, just a, a bunch of good guys. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you who, who was the hardest I played against, though. Dylan Borzak, thank you for your time, man. Um, good luck uh, this fall with uh, your season at Oakland. And, uh, you know, we wish you all the best here at Motor, uh, Michigan Soccer Central. And uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Robert Kerr back with you to wrap up this episode of Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or want to look for more uh, information and interviews and vantage points from the world of soccer here in the Great Lakes State, be sure to check out the uh, Spotify feed. Lots of great conversations. Talk to Aaron Bird, trainer extraordinaire last week. And many great conversations with coaches from all different levels across the state, as well as conversations with referees, commentators, photographers, and more. And if you want to follow along day-to-day, Michigan Soccer Central on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram will truly keep you in the loop of the world of Michigan soccer. So thank you to Jenny Hajnaki for editing, as always, Dan Katranza for the music. And to our guests, Kellen Clegg and Dylan Borzak, uh, good luck, fellas, with the new season. And until next week, enjoy your soccer. Mm-hmm.